Welcome to Chatting with Fade Accompli. I'm your host, Logan Wolford. Today I'm joined by my good friend, Scott Jacobson. Oh, hello, Logan. Happy to match your tone of voice. Well, thank you. And that's all we get for the end of the year. Because, and get this, I'm not joking when I say this. The reason why Michael is not here tonight is because he had to wrap some presents. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, man, that's so sweet. That's so cool. He's giving he's he's got to give presents and he's got to he's got to do it now. I want everybody to know I, this is the one time I'm going to date ourselves. The time of this recording is a week before Christmas. Wow. A week away. Only Christmas. a week away. Only a week away. Wow. Oh, wow. It came so fast this year. My goodness. This news pleases me. How long does it take this motherfucker to wrap presents? Bro, I haven't wrapped any of mine yet. I... 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 I yes. he's, he's, he's in the lab. He's bringing out the rulers, the protractors. He's like, hmm. Another three-quarter of inches on this sheet of paper. That'll just cover the box. And I still... I, I'll be honest. There is still some stuff I probably need to go out and get. But it's just like... Why? What do you mean? Tonight is the one night you can wrap presents. What the fuck are you doing <laughs> for the rest? Unless they're of the presents week? for me, he's what off are you this doing? week. He is like me. He's off this week. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? And he has to do it now during the <laughs> he's podcast. He's been wrapping since five a.m. Logan, you have no idea the <laughs> magnitude of this endeavor. <laughs> he keeps getting his hand stuck in it. He's just like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me try folding it over again. No, my hand's still there. Oh, okay, let me try folding it over the other way. My hand's still there. But finally gets it taped over and he holds his hand up and the box is just taped to it. He's just like, God damn it. Hours wasted. But we go again. So, you gotta appreciate that's why Michael's not here. Which. He's not appreciating the grind. I can tell it in his voice. I I held back. I was gonna. I was. I was gonna fucking say something in that chat when he fucking sent that. I was gonna be like Michael. Sometimes you're louder when you don't say anything. Honestly, I would. I'm. I was so tempted to be like Michael. You have to be fucking kidding me. What do you mean? He's going to be on if if he's on PlayStation tonight, I am ripping him a new one. <laughs> I believe it. There's something you do. Anyways, so 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 if you wanted the this week's Michael lore, he's not here because he's wrapping presents because apparently he's so either dumb or incompetent that it takes him the entire night to do it. <laughs> Logan's not giving any shit to this episode. He's calling him out. I am. It's not like he fucking listens to him. If he doesn't want to be here, he can't defend himself. So, you know, I'm I'm taking every shot. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Anyways, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Hug your loved ones. Don't hug my loved ones. That's my job. <laughs> hug Scott. Go find him. Break into his house and give him a hug, preferably at like two in the morning. For legal reasons, this is a joke that you shouldn't do. He'll uh, And for mm, practical reasons, please. Mm, sure uh 
Anyways, there goes Logan's plans. It's true. This is my gift to you. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a hug. Most no terrifying more. hug of my life. I'm gonna <laughs> gonna come in with like fully masked up or something. It's a little goblin. Oh, I've never hugged a goblin. Of How dare you? Don't like him. How don't dare like him. you? Just How don't dare like you? Logan, what are we God, talking about today? We're gonna we're gonna have a we're gonna have a we're after this podcast, Scott. You and I, we're gonna we're gonna have a talk because <laughs> that is unacceptable, <laughs> right there. <laughs> Anyways, on uh, on oh my God, on today's episode of chatting with me. <laughs> On, maybe maybe we'll get through this intro on today's episode of Chatting with Fade Accomplice. Yeah. It's the last episode of the season. Woo! Of the Woo! year. Woo! Woo! We've somehow done this three times and we don't have <laughs> and I still am not marketing this properly, but that's neither Woo! here nor there. <laughs> oh, God. Because Anyways. it's the last episode. We're going to do our stock of the year. Yeah. The, the, the crop what was the creamiest of the crop? Our game I, of the year picks. I don't like that. Um, but <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, we're going to do our tradition. I don't remember exactly when we did it last year, but it was definitely around this time where we kind of gave our own uh, game of the year opinions. Uh, we're not actually going to do an episode on the game awards because I, all of our fe- none of our feelings have changed since the last episode that you can go listen to. So, mm-hmm. well, they may have changed slightly, but more so negatively. So, I mean, no need right. to rehash old ground. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk right. about... No, our... it's the Game Awards we've been channeling this whole, whole time. You thought we were just, like, off on a tangent talking about Michael? No, we're doing the Game Awards thing. Yeah. Where we just kind of do something unrelated for 10 minutes. Uh, then talk... We'll just drop our Game of the Year picks very casually. And then, I don't know, uh, a Muppet will introduce Genshin Impact or something. And then yeah. uh, we'll just keep going. And then, yeah, there's something... That's what they use Gonzo yeah. for. Eh, that's yeah, that's funny. Um. <laughs> anyways, I uh, kind of figured we would start at least with honorable mentions because otherwise, I mean, this quite literally would just be game of the year, game of the year, and then we'd be done. Which I mean, might be great for you, but I didn't have an end to that sentence, Scott. I was wondering if you had an end to that <laughs> sentence. Well, yeah, this year actually, I feel like. I have actual games to talk about. A lot of stuff came out this year. Uh, I think the first time we did this, we did have some honorable mentions to talk about. Honestly, like last year, it was just easy because it was just Elden Ring. Yeah. There was one game that came out. It was Elden Ring. It was easy. Yeah. We just talked about that. But yeah. I actually had quite a few games that uh, it was. I actually had to think about my game of the year this year a little bit just because there was some, uh, there was some good stuff this year. On the complete opposite side of the spectrum, I did not. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, you, you've played the one. The one uh, that yes. I think is going to be the this year's Elden Ring for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> right. So do you, so real quick, do you have any runners up that you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can... I, I don't know if one of them counts, really, because it's more... You know what? I'll do that one first. So uh, Cyberpunk 2077 had a... Like a... It, it, it re it uh, not rehashed um revamped a lot of the game but uh, it's all oh, the still, big update that they did yeah and the new dlc that it it intertwines with the main story 
but it's still technically a DLC, so I don't know if I would necessarily count that. Um, but I thought it was pretty good in terms of uh, DLC, in terms of fixing and doing a lot of quality of life stuff. Uh, the new DLC I thought was pretty awesome. I uh, really liked the narrative. The ending was really... One of them was especially... Well, they were all depressing because it's cyberpunk, but uh, they were all really good. Made you have some hard choices. It was pretty cool uh, in terms of the new setting and whatnot. Um I mentioned it as an honorable mention because I really, really liked it. Um, plus, with the 2.1 update, I'll kind of count that in there as well. Uh, they added a bunch of new stuff with your romances and a lot, a lot, a lot of quality of life updates and stuff like that. So I don't think I would ever actually make that my game of the year, but uh, it's like the honorable mention, which... Scott's been saying that, oh, yeah, so much good stuff came out this year. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, man, a DLC kind of cleared a lot of that. <laughs> right. Well, actually, while uh, we're talking about it, I'm curious what you think yeah. uh, about one thing in particular that I caught my attention at the Game Awards. Uh, Cyberpunk won for best ongoing game. How do you feel about that? Do you think it counts? Do you think that that, I, that description? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, genuinely, no. I don't know. Like, it, I... It feels weird. It feels weird. It did just have its big expansion. And I mean, like the 1.5 update also, like they've had several updates that like mm -hmm. have pushed the game forward and changed a lot of things. Now, of course, they had to do it because of the god awful launch. So right. it does feel a bit weird and so I don't know about giving it to that. It, it it it's definitely a weird choice. I really like what they've done so far. They have come a long way, but I I don't know. It 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 was extremely funny that it beat Genshin though. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> that is pretty funny. I was just kind of curious because I feel like that again. It I in this day and age, stuff is always getting updated. It's hard to say what does and doesn't count. Yeah, to be like I guess my belief is that that's more of a category for a game that's meant to continue like like a live guess, service add game. item yeah like live service yeah. it's going to just keep going like yeah. Fortnite, dead by daylight siege something like that that you know is by na its nature ongoing i yeah. kind of like that they gave you know the participation for a cd project red like okay you stuck by it you fixed some stuff you acknowledge that well, thank you I was, they did that but with also the like no man's that's Sky cute too. yeah it's true well that one can't i think is still going like that yeah, is no still yeah, yeah yeah correct yeah Whereas Cyberpunk, I think what makes it doubly weird is that I'm pretty sure with the uh, with the new DLC and the update, I think they're done. I think that's like yeah, that's it for major there's... content stuff, and they're going to shift towards uh, I think the new Witcher. That might be true. Either that or the second Cyberpunk. I'm not sure which one they're doing stuff for. Right. But um. But that's like the end of the major like content support. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure definitely like any fix, but... yeah any like major DLCs. Like there's only going to be the one. So right. I think that makes it even weirder. Like, best ongoing game that just stopped. It does make it even weirder, but again, it is really funny that it beat out all the other live service games, so I don't care that yeah. much. <laughs> no, I figured you weren't. I wouldn't care that much. I just was just was curious because I felt like a weird, a weird nod. Like, no, yeah, it's definitely weird, but it is pretty funny, so I'll allow it. It is pretty funny. Well, is there anything else that you want to mention in terms of uh, honorable mentions? 
Oh, I thought we were going to go back and forth. I mean, I do have one more. Oh, I don't know. Here, just, just go with it. Just your turn. Right, go for it. Screw it. Fine. Uh, the other one that came out this year was uh, that I really, that could have been game of the year for me was, uh, well, I haven't played Armored Core 6 yet, so I can't say that, even though I've heard really good things. But in terms of, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of stuff I've actually played, uh, Lies of P. Lies of P is actually a really, it's probably the best Souls-like out there that was not made by FromSoft. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's really fun. It's a really solid game. It's very it's very tightly connected. The combat is really fun. It's got a, a cool uh, mechanic that is unique to itself, not like any other uh, Souls game with the uh, more the stagger bar and well, I guess I guess it's kind of a good um, good inspiration from Sekiro mixed with Bloodborne. I was gonna say yeah, and it is it, pretty. Pretty heavily Sekiro influenced. Yeah. Uh, the blocking and parrying. Well, yeah. Specifically the parrying. Yeah. Uh, I guess the blocking too. But, uh, yeah, the more I was thinking about it. But, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, if Sekiro and Bloodboard had a child, and it's it's really good. And because, I'll be honest, when I first heard of this game, like a Soulsborne in the Pinocchio universe, I, I genuinely did like, oh, my God. Like, I rolled my eyes and everything. I was just like, oh, boy. Here comes another like stupid fucking Five Nights at Freddy's kind of bullshit. No, they actually really it's you can really tell that they respected the source material. One, because it starts off with a uh, opening like um, credit to. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Why am I forgetting his name? Um, why would you forget when you were going to bring it up? What the hell was his name? I know it's C.C. Those are the initials. God, why can't I remember his name? Harlow Colodi? Yes, thank you. God damn. I it was I knew it was gotcha. CC and I couldn't fucking think of it. But yeah, the, the first thing you do when you start up the game for the first time anyways is it says, you know, like in it's either in like dedication or like in loving memory to the great writer, uh I got. I immediately forgot the name again. Fuck me, <laughs> <laughs> Carlo Collodi. Carlo Collodi's. Thank you. So, but it it has like a. The first thing you do is it immediately just gives reverence to the original creator, and so that's a pretty good sign. And they actually implemented it very well, and it seems like, it, I guess this is kind of a bit of a spoiler, but. They're, it seems kind of like they're looking to expand and everything that they've used so far in terms of the actual story, uh, the themes of like, you know, becoming a real boy and becoming human, the idea of what it means to be human. It, it's a Souls-like. It's, it's told more directly than a Souls-like typically is. You can actually follow it without having to like look into the lore and stuff necessarily. Like you can follow it. But it's it's a really interesting take on Pinocchio that I think works really, really well. Um, I was not expecting to like it, specifically the world building, as much as I did. But I, I think it's mm -hmm. pretty awesome. So that would be my other runner up. <laughs> because it's just a yeah. tight, solid game that also actually had a really that had a compelling narrative, which is. Don't get me wrong. Souls likes do have compelling narratives. It's just they're not told in a typical fashion, so it's 
you, right. you can pretty easily it's more of the that. more atmospheric storytelling yeah whereas write. this this did have more direct actual storytelling so i really liked it i liked it a lot yeah I've heard a lot of people uh, really enjoy it. I yeah. uh, I also got kind of like uh, we when I heard like Pinocchio Soulsborne, I kind of got those like I guess like blood and honey vibes where I'm like we're just taking yeah. you know public domain and being like what if it was edgy because yeah. we're teenagers apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's actually uh, surprisingly solid. It, it's refreshing to play a Soulsborne game made by someone who's not from software who actually understands the core tenets of a a properly made Soulsborne game and that being actual tight design. It's not just hard for the sake of hard. It's not just enemies hitting the wide areas just because they're annoying, but like actually like proper timing. Like I remember I, I have not played as much of the game as you have. I've barely yes. scratched the surface. I feel, Yep. Uh, but I remember being surprised by the first proper boss and uh, the way that they had the timing set up. So you, you know, you have to like change up your timings you can't just go block 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 in rhythm you actually have to like block those pause block a little bit pause block again yep and just little stuff like that like it's surprisingly engaging and if it's like it's it's basically a marriage of sekiro and bloodborne combat but those are the two most sexually active FromSoft games so i'm okay with that yeah i really enjoyed both of those games and so uh yeah i i've enjoyed what i've played but as i've said i haven't beaten it yet so i can't say whether or not it'd be in the running for my personal game of the year I'll, uh, but it's definitely satisfying and i'm looking forward to playing more i'll say this it's one of the games where i've actually where i actually immediately jumped pretty much right back into new game plus and played a lot of it which i don't really do that much anymore and right this is the first souls like where i don't i genuinely don't think i had any moments in the game where like maybe on like maybe some individual attacks but once i figured that out it's just like okay i was just being dumb uh but this i think is genuinely one of the first souls likes where i went through the entire game and didn't have any moment of like wow this fight is such bullshit it was always Mm -hmm. like man I just need to learn their patterns. And once I get their patterns down, that was the most fun thing about it for me is I I played it more like Sekiro where I was basically just trying to parry everything and doing that. I had a, I had a lot of fun with that because once you get a boss's pattern down, like, and you know how to parry their stuff, they, they become jokes. Like you can kick their ass. It is so gratifying just and the parry sound is so satisfying down. too. It's when so you satisfying. Just go, ding, 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 and then you just go down. You didn't even es- take a hit. And it's like especially, <clears throat> especially because it's combined with the stagger mechanic, where mm-hmm. you can break them down, or if you perfect parry like I was doing, it builds like a stagger bar, and eventually you can get them where if you land a charged heavy or some certain other attacks, it'll knock them down. And then you can smack the shit. Well, that's the thing, too. I don't know if you know this. I'm going to give you a little tip, Scott. You should oh, not be using the when you knock them down. You know, you have the crit critical hit chance. You should not be doing that immediately. I actually made my build around where when I knock someone down, that state lasts longer and hits I do during that state hit harder so I would hit someone down. And because I was a strength build, I'd be able to sneak in another two heavy hits and then go to the critical hit 
Like it's just, mm. it's so much damage and it's so much fun because it's just such a big, like, yeah, fuck you. Like I parried you so perfectly. I hit you down and now I'm doing another like 2000 extra damage because I've optimized my build to kick your ass as hard as I can. It's, 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 it's a very satisfying game. Sounds satisfying. I might need yeah. to build more into that because I, I tried to do that too. Like, well, I can get a hit in before I do that. And uh, my thing just woke up the boss. So either I did the wrong thing or I'd there, I there I there I I will say I feel like there are some times where you do have to choose between that crit hit and like a charged heavy. But I will also say going into a strength build with certain weapons, sometimes your charged heavy is better than the crit hit. The only reason the crit hit might be better is just because it takes away all of that um like regenerate or not regenerate like the or yeah the regenerating like health thing that the mm. bosses can have like that'll get rid of it completely but um i mean sometimes it hits harder and then sometimes some of your weapon arts like the the wrench head weapon art sometimes that is way better to charge up and smack a boss with instead of taking that crit hit it's it's all mm. these like little decisions that you can focus around your build that just makes it really fun mm. uh yeah, no. Yeah. I, like, like I said too, I'm I'm not far at all. Like yeah. that first major boss. I mean, I guess technically second, but that first one was nothing. Yeah. Uh, I'm, that's basically as far as I am. So I I might just not be far enough to, but I will keep that in mind. Going oh forward. no, yeah, you'll you'll it, it, those upgrades come a lot later for sure. But that's kind of what I built myself around was longer stagger time and longer and more damage when they are staggered. So yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll also say too was, that I really. I do appreciate that we have a Souls-like game that's focusing more on the action side than the RPG side. I feel like a lot of the uh, other ones kind of hide behind the RPG stuff to like feign depth. When all I've really appreciated the most about from software games is just what you were talking about—that satisfying feeling of just nailing a boss, just yeah. learning their patterns, <laughs> learning their moves, and building my strength and my skill. And so I appreciate, you know. Liza Peaford being more about that. That's why I love Bloodborne and Sekiro so much yeah. among the From Software games. Uh, and so the fact that they're combining that, that's awesome. I like that. Yeah, no, they do a really good job of it. So I th I think you're going to have a lot of fun with it. They, also, they have also confirmed that they're working on DLC and a sequel. Yeah, I did see that. Also, I'll also say this. This is the first Souls-like where I absolutely did not use any like assists like at all, like any summons. Oh, no, I've, I so, do not use summons in this game, please. Yeah. They are, I don't know what kind of numbers they gave them. They are so overtuned, they more were, overtuned yeah. than any from software game. Like, yeah. drawing aggro is one thing, but the I literally I damage. just kind of sat back, like, and just just to see because I had someone else telling me, "Hey, the summons make this game broken." Like, well, I got to see this for myself. <laughs> I didn't fight the first boss; the summon nearly killed them themselves. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe we maybe we step back from that. Maybe we don't do that. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're the kind of gamer who kind of needs that option, then that's fine. I'm glad that you have it. Uh, I'm not going to use it because no, that yeah. makes the game very and, silly. And, yeah, and you don't need to. Again, the the most fun thing for me was uh was learning a boss's patterns and just getting those parries down. Yeah. And using a summon would just eliminate that. So I never used them. Plus, I don't think you need to. A lot of people say it's really hard. I don't know if it's just because I was having fun that I didn't necessarily think it was hard, but. I honestly didn't find it that difficult, but oh yeah, I mean I'm I I I'm talking like I know what I'm talking about. I fought like three bosses. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I mean like they were tough. They weren't like destroy every controller in the three mile radius. Yeah, tough. 
Well, it also uh, I think might... part of it might be that uh, the qual- my totally uh, spurious <laughs> thing is that the, it was a Game Pass game, and I so I think that a oh. lot of people played it that don't normally play games like that because I don't think true. there's anything like a, a Dark Souls game on Game Pass because I know there was at least one person I was talking to that was their first Souls like game, yeah, because it was on Game Pass, and so I mean it might just be that effect that people who don't usually play that kind of game are getting into it. It's very possible, but also there is a lot of really nice quality of life stuff. Like if you die in a boss room, it puts your souls outside of the boss room. Oh, so, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, I don't have so, to spend the first five seconds running around saying, please don't do that move. Please don't do that move. See, I just need to grab my souls. Please don't do that move. See, that's exactly what I'm thinking is maybe I didn't feel so frustrated. Maybe the bosses are hard and, you know, I just didn't feel that frustration though because Lies of P has, a, has probably better quality of life than any souls like i'll be honest including stuff from from soft it probably has the best Honestly. quality of life stuff and that's kind of nice to see like they're not yeah. just doing the stuff that from software does because they are they are father and we follow them they're just yeah. like well, you know what? that could be nicer and they're doing it yeah. i kind of hope from software learns from uh i learns do from too Lies of P, because it's a that... weird thing to say yeah. i would never say from software should learn a thing or two but Damn it, Liza P made it happen. Some, yeah, no, some of the quality and life stuff on there is something that I hope is in every FromSoft game in the future because, and genuinely, it that might be the reason why I enjoyed the bosses so much is because to get back to them, it wasn't a hassle. And if I wanted to go and do something else, all I had to do was run to the boss store, grab my souls, turn around and run and do something else. That was it. It was great. So uh, it's, that it, it genuinely, that, well, also I think the boss design was also just good, but... I think that plus the quality of life stuff, I think that just made it so much more enjoyable and like really took a lot of the frustration out. So, yeah, no, that's it's definitely a runner up. It does not mm-hmm. come close to my game of the year pick, but <laughs> <laughs> but frankly, it's it still number two. Yeah, a bit of a come from behind. I think I don't think a lot of people were expecting uh, the game to be as good as it uh, has ended up being. I've seen yeah. a lot of people of, of that same attitude. It's like, oh, wow, okay, well, I have a new Game of the Year contender. Is it going to win? I don't know. But the fact that it's contending is pretty impressive, <laughs> especially from a studio that has never made a game like that before. Like, I'm pretty sure they yeah. made an MMORPG, and that's it. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so the fact they were able to literally like silence the room with the Soulsborne game like this and actually be better at making a Soulsborne game than people who have tried multiple times, it's very impressive. Oh, yeah. I'm no, very it's... much hopeful that uh, their future stuff is because they have really good ideas and they want to make a sequel and not just because they're while they while the moment's hot while their 15 minutes are here yeah very promising yeah no and they seem really passionate and again really care about the source material that they're drawing from so i'm i'm really excited to see what they do especially and again i'm not going to spoil anything because obviously you're still in there but the ending in terms of where it looks like they could possibly go i'm i'm genuinely excited for it i never in a million years would think that i would be but but i am so (laughs) <laughs> Neowiz, that's the developer. I want to give them their credit. They they did a very impressive job for what is basically their first real game. MMOs don't count. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, World of Warcraft. Exactly. This guy gets it. Okay. Right. Well, uh, I mean, I got my I, I got my own runners up. I guess I could talk about too. Yeah. Uh, go for it. Like I said, Liza P. I haven't played enough, nearly enough of it for it to count, but I was yeah. very much surprised by it. Uh. One game that I was surprised if to feel like I was actually considering as genuinely as I was, uh, I, it would be weird, and I don't think I ever would, but I was really considering it, 
I think yeah. because I was uh, sort of when the whole like these are my top 25 games craze was coming around, I kind of realized I wanted to put it in there. Uh, the recent remake of Dead Space that came out in January. <laughs> like, I know a lot of people enjoyed Resident Evil 4 and think like, oh, that was a great remake. And, you know, that was fine to me. Re- throw it away. Dead Space is the remake to beat now, in my opinion. Yeah. We talked all about this in our review, so I won't go too far into it. But it's just got that perfect mix of it's touching up the things that didn't work, which is great. You know, it has that constructive attitude, but also not making change for the sake of change. Like it retained what really worked in the original Dead Space and it just improved so much that it's just it's that is Dead Space in my mind. That's the Dead Space I remember playing. That's the Dead Space I remember recommending to people. Going back to the original now, it feels like I'm looking at art on the walls of a cave. It's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Uh, the Dead Space remake was it's excellent. I very much enjoyed it. Even though I did spend, I think, technically more time in Resident Evil 4 going for all the trophies, I think that the Dead Space was uh, the remake. If we're going to put any remakes in the Game of the Year uh, category for uh, the Game Awards, it, I think it should have been Dead Space instead. Yeah, I don't know how... Well, no, I know how Resident Evil 4 got it over Dead Space is because it's a way more popular franchise. Mm. But uh, no, I totally agree. If there was... A, and this is just me now sure they're complete completely different genres but i would say in terms of survival horror dead space clears resident evil 4 especially the remake no question as asked oh especially the remake it was just uh very solid very pleased very hopeful that that uh that more comes out of the franchise at this point Um, that's on that caliber i know ea motive's working on an iron man game right now so it might be a while but you know i'll be patient. I got time. I'll wait. Yeah. Uh, then there's another game that some people have brought up. I feel like it's kind of ended up accidentally getting underexposed over the uh, this past game of the year season, just because it came out early in the year. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi oh. Rush is a fantastic little game. I enjoy it a lot. A very cute uh, rhythm-based <clears throat> action game. Very fun gameplay. Very charming characters. The plot itself has some moments where it's like, well, yeah, no, obviously. Uh, but the characters are great. The voice acting is amazing. The art style, fantastic. The game is just so fun. And it's even more fun knowing that this was developed by Tango Gameworks, which made The Evil Within. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, they they went from that to Hi-Fi Rush, which is an actually funny, just really enjoyable like burst of energy game. I, I still think that you should check it out if you have a moment, because it, it's on Steam, Logan. You yeah. can check it out. I, I absolutely think you would enjoy it. I... Yeah, I haven't played it. I've only seen clips specifically of Corsica because I know a lot of people really like her. I I try not to watch a lot of it, but I know she has a Scottish accent and that's an immediate plus three in my book. (laughs) Well, that's one of my biggest complaints with the game. And in addition to all the like the ah, some of the plot stuff is kind of eh. She doesn't voice every character. Oh, got it. (laughs) I, I want her to talk all the time. Her voice is amazing. I yeah no from what I heard of it I was just like I yeah I that's it it was kind of like the same feeling with uh that I got from her with and I don't think it's the same voice actress but uh God, what's her name Rayla from uh, the Dragon Prince in Netflix where she's also like uh it's an elf but she's Scottish and I could listen to her talk all day I don't know what it is with the Scottish accent but sometimes sometimes it just hits different and you're just like man just it just talk to me <laughs> right. right there's a there, there is a fine line with the scottish accent between i just want to listen to this all day and was that any comprehensible language you just yeah. spoke 
<laughs> when it hits, though, it hits. <laughs> oh, it hits. And it hits in Hi-Fi Rush. It's it, it's such a fun game. I, I love it so much. Such a creative little idea. <clears throat> I don't know if we'll see more about it in the future, but it was, again, I feel like because it came out earlier in the year, it's kind of dropped out of the uh, general zeitgeist. Uh, but that's a shame because it has absolutely uh, got robbed at the Game Awards. Well, did, I think it at least won the... Uh, it, it won Best Audio. Something about sound design. Yeah, one best audio, yeah, which is or, yeah, sound design audio. I did see that when I was scrolling through. Yeah, which would have pissed me off to no <laughs> end if it didn't win because that's the entire point of the game. Yeah, uh, I feel like it deserved a little bit better in terms of other categories, but at least it won that one, and it's yeah. getting some recognition. It won something, a, unlike a, a unlike one. certain other games, <laughs> <laughs> unlike some games that some people they call the Double O Seven. If you know, you know. Zero awards. Zero fuck, what was the second zero? Fuck, I can't uh, mentions was it? Zero awards, zero mentions, seven nominations. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Oh my god, that's so funny. Anyways. And so many people uh, like really like I I'll say right now, like I don't want to get too far into it. I don't really yeah. care that much. Uh, people like saying that it's like there's been weird framing of it on in on internet discourse that like Spider-Man Two was like the the runner up, the obvious runner up choice for what game of the year for game of the year I and for know. just general gaming. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, did you play any other game this year? <laughs> like, <laughs> was Spider-Man Two fun? Sure. Was it the obvious runner up? No. This wasn't a fight between Baldur's Gate and Spider-Man. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. Baldur it quite. It, I guess spoilers for my game of the year, Baldur's Gate, quite frankly. And now I I haven't played Alan Wake 2 yet, but I do have a feeling that even with that stipulation, I think Baldur's Gate would still stop it. <laughs> like Baldur's Gate 3 mm -hmm. was this year's Elden Ring, where it did have some good games that came out. Good games that people elevated too much, like God of War Ragnarok. But it still <laughs> it still stomped the competition. Like there was no contest. <laughs> right. Oh, and I I am I'm pretty confident that Alan Wake would you know in a world where Baldur's Gate didn't exist, Alan Wake probably would be up there as an actual contender. But yeah. even I, as someone who I spoil my pick too, I'm gonna be uh, lobbying for Alan Wake too this episode. Uh, even though I haven't played much of Baldur's Gate 3, much to Logan's chagrin. Yeah. Even I know that Baldur's Gate 3 deserves it because it's it's like Elden Ring, it's paradigmatic. Yeah. <laughs> like it is a seismic shift in gaming and a new standard for that kind of game. There's not going to be any other game that is going to be game of the year and I think that people would feel like unconditionally good about. Yeah. Quite like we would uh Baldur's it's Gate 3. Yeah, I say it's also basically only had universal praise except outside of the now, again, if you don't like turn-based combat, like that's fair, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily oh, about a this. criticism against the game, but the only people that give and you know, maybe some people don't in terms of like people being negative that I've seen with you know, negative for the sake of being negative more so, you know, just kind of being more hating on it is people saying that oh, turn-based is so out of date. They really should have added a uh an uh or like an option for uh uh real-time fighting and all that, and, you know, because that would reach a wider audience. It's just it's 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 crazy how outdated it is and it's just like yeah. 
It's like what? it's a great game, but it's just not accessible to so many people because so many people won't play real time. I think they should just offer the option for real time. It's that simple. Just flip the switch and now you're playing real time. Like and it's just like, first of all, motherfucker, <sighs> do you know how difficult that would be for them to design a game like the fact that Baldur's Gate 3 exists in its form is already a technical marvel. But mm-hmm. it is also centralized around that turn-based combat and that mode it is essential to it also because that so it's essential to it because that's how the game is designed all right so like adding in a real-time mode would be ridiculous and i don't know how you would even micromanage that they want like a real-time strategy game i don't know how you would do that in Baldur's Gate 3 secondly right it's a fucking dnd game that's how dnd is played if you don't like, like it, yeah, that's like, fine. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, if you're not a fan of turn-based, okay. You're not a fan of turn-based. But you don't have to make it the game's problem that you're not a fan of turn-based. See, that's 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 my biggest issue with criticisms like that, is it's not that it's not that the game they think the game is bad because it doesn't cater to them. That mm-hmm. that doesn't make a game bad if it doesn't cater to your playstyle and how you would want to play it. But they don't frame it like that. That's they like frame so- it like, well, for the good of the game, for the good of the community. For There's the good of the game, who would the love game to is play doing this fine game. without you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The game is doing fine. That's like, because what was it? I saw other people saying the same shit. Like, well, it's like, okay, well, that's like saying in Call of Duty, you know, making that turn-based. Like, why can't we just have a turn-based mode in Call of Duty? Flip the switch. I don't want to play an FPS. I want to play a turn-based. Why can't we do that in Call of Duty? It's literally the exact same argument. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just change the fabric of the game with an update, yeah. no problem. Yeah, exactly. Flip the switch. What about all those turn-based people that don't want to play turn-based, but they want to play Call of Duty? Bam. Just do that. You're, you're Call of Duty, you're really missing out on so many people. <laughs> Come on, man, the market. But yeah, those, those, those arguments are nonsensical, and watching them try to backpedal and be like, well, I was just saying that, you know, a lot of people like that. That's the other thing, too. Who are these they people? Who are these lot of people that aren't playing it? I've seen more people come back and be like, yeah, no, I don't really like turn-based, but I tried out Baldur's Gate 3 because I heard it was really good and I really liked it. And it's just like, what? <laughs> are these they people in the room with us right now? Yeah. Are, are they? I've seen so many images of that. We're like, are these people in the room with us now? <laughs> so, yeah, no. Not, again, not to say that the game's without is not without criticism. Not, I won't say that, but come on, make it make it valid at least. Right, right. Criticize the game, not your own hang-up. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess since I'm talking about it so much, I might as well continue to talk about Baldur's Gate. Or, you know, I... <laughs> Speaking of Baldur's Gate, let's continue to talk <laughs> about Baldur's Gate. Yeah, I mean, I might as well... We cut... <laughs> Sorry, we already... I know how much we usually don't like spoilers around here, but, I mean... Whatever. Uh... <laughs> whatever. Uh, I know we kind of already spoiled our picks, but, uh, yeah, no. So, mine's, mine's Baldur's Gate 3. Um, normally so I'm not daring. Necess- yeah, I was gonna say. Normally, I'm not necessarily one to. It, it, it's weird to drink from the mainstream. Yeah. X, but this is one of the. It's just like with Elden Ring. It's one of those cases where it's just like nah, like I kind of have to go with this one. Like the, it's just it's not even a competition. Like I just I enjoyed it so much. It has been. He loves it. It has been probably since Fallout New Vegas. 
it's probably been the the game where I felt like my choices in a role playing game actually matter and have a tangible effect on the story and the setting around me. It, the the amount of things and choice that you have is insane because and yes i get that it's you know it's based on dnd so of course in like a dnd campaign you should have a lot of choice because you know obviously you're making those choices and like you know the game master can uh or dungeon master can you know kind of adapt on the fly to your choices mm. but they still they somehow managed to translate that into a game and mind you a game has a set limit like it even if it's a ton of shit there is a set limit in what it can do but the fact that they somehow translated so many different possibilities that you can do and make it work and cohesive to what you're doing and people will react like characters in the game will react to what you did the fact that there mm -hmm. is so many different options to go through is a technical marvel and i am fully convinced the people over at larian studios are wizards because i don't know how they did that <laughs> right there so are... many variables to account for that have been accounted for jesus it, it, and this and by the way it's for like every situation like everything in the game there's this clip that i uh saw before where it's like a two minute clip of someone who kind of just like asked people like hey for this mission for i'm, I'm not going to go into details because um, it, it's not the biggest spoiler in the world, but it is kind of a spoiler and Scott hasn't gotten there yet, so I don't want to, but hello, the basic premise was tell me how you solved this situation and like, you know, what happened? What, what'd you do here? And, oh, I know what you're talking about. I've seen the clip. I don't remember the context though. So, yeah. So it's basically, and, uh, I know it's part of a larger review, I think, but they took it out and, you know, just kind of posted it. Um, but it's basically, two minutes straight of them just reading a like picked sampling of some of the more varied options in terms of what people ended up doing to solve this certain situation and every single like solution was not only viable but it was also reacted to appropriately by the entities involved and like there really wasn't one way that anyone did this and everyone was everyone was really creative in terms of what they did like some people did you know some people did a straight up fight some people found some really sneaky ways to do something and i don't just mean like oh they went and stealth killed everyone no i mean like they went in talked to someone convinced them to go into a certain room and then in that room they set up a trap for that person got rid of that person and then because that person got rid of someone else was you know or they told someone else to go and look at somewhere and so they led them so they kind of like sneakily isolated everyone that they needed to go after and got rid of them and it's that's the not like it's not like oh like you know with hitman where you have like the optional objective to 
you have like, you know, to like isolate them with a specific thing. No, it was just based on player choice. Like, for instance, there's a character Mm. that you can either deny and they'll kind of get pissy with you and won't go anywhere. Or I think even maybe actually turn hostile or you can lie, pretend to be on their side, get them isolated and then, you know, uh, either attack them or you can take uh, something that they offer you. And you actually end up in prison because they're just like, hey, I actually know who you are, fucko. <laughs> like, so they know they're being sneaky or it, it also depends on your racial choice because there are certain races that are more resistant or even immune to certain poisons. So when the person tries to like give you the knockout juice, if you're a certain race, you can drink it and you'll be totally fine. And they'll be like. Oh fuck! <laughs> you have, oh no! That's not what's you deal to with that situation, and you can again, and then uh, you know you can like intimidate them into. And there's, I, I can't go through them all, but that's just like, there's just so many different ways, and that's not even to say. By the way, those were just uh, solutions where everyone kind of chose the one side and solved the solution, because you can also be on the bad guys side and do stuff to the quote unquote good guys. So there's even just that whole element. So it's like, there's, there's just so much choice that genuinely matters. It's, it's, it's crazy. (laughs) It is. I mean, even as someone who hasn't gotten, you know, super far into the game, the the things that in the first hour I was already presented with the myriad ways I pulled the thing out of something. I pulled like the door off something. You're like, I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because I because I was I was building so much into strength that I was able to instead of finding the roundabout solution, I I just opened the door. That's that's actually not because of your strength. That's because you were a barbarian. No. That is that is a barbarian specific thing because you're a big strong guy who's big who's big and angry. You well, have the I'm option. A strong to... guy. My guy wasn't very that's, big. That's true. I meant wide. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but no, that that is that's actually a uh, because uh, I did play through that first part again with my paladin. So and I have her pretty high in strength, but I couldn't do it. That mm. is that is specific to a barbarian because barbarian brain is brute forcing shit so it's you're true, just yeah. like lock door fuck you <laughs> i disagree <laughs> so yeah no i mean like again but even like that you have class like because i played through ranger i had a lot of different like class specific things that i could do it was mostly dialogue options for me um but still it's like depending on what class you do you can interact with the world differently it's 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 crazy <laughs> right and to, to just think about all of the work that went into it because i mean someone has to you know the writer's got to come up with this alternate scenario and other writing for it it's got to be recorded that's got to be coded in you know like oh if this you know but if it's a certain amount of you know like this stat or this you know status then you know maybe this won't work uh, don't people also react if you're stinky or something or is that, is that this yeah. game or is that i'm thinking of another one do you want me to tell like you if you're dirty do you me, yeah do you tell, me me. To tell you so there's I'm not going to again, I won't get too into it. There's a specific goblin camp and depending on how you get in, there is a way to get in. <laughs> For a goblin, 
he's he essentially tells you, hey, if you want to get in, you need to smear this like uh, I can't remember what creature it was, but he basically tells you to smear shit on your face and you can smell you can smear shit on your face, which I ended up doing. And then he made fun of me because I made smeared shit on my face. And I was just like, God damn it. And then everyone reacts to you having shit on your face. <laughs> it's it's so goddamn funny. And by the way, it won't go away unless you like hit yourself with like water or something. It's unless you t- go the extra mile to wash it off. It, literally, it won't go away. Like you, I had to. I I, I had because I've never played a game like this before. I genuinely had to look up how to get the shit off my face, and it was just like, yeah, just throw like a have someone throw a bottle of water at you or something or you know like throw and i'm just like job, oh huh? <laughs> so it's it's crazy that just even that small little thing like that it's 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 so cool <laughs> right the fact that he can have that little like micro stuff while also being so massive in a macro sense, kind of like Elden Ring. Because I remember, you know, when you were playing this, you know, you had some, you took some days off, you know, you were playing it, yeah. and uh, you're like, okay, I'm, cl- I think I'm close to the next act. And then the next day, all right, I think I'm close to that act. <laughs> right, and then the other day, all right, I'm pretty sure if I finish these few things, I'll be in the next act. I'm like, my boy. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's there is there's a lot to do. My first playthrough took me over a hundred hours. And by the way. Not a hundred hours of tedium either, like a hundred hours full of content, and I know there's stuff I missed. <laughs> oh yeah. <sighs> well, is no, there anything it's... else you have to say about Baldur's Gate three? Anything else you want to say? I, I mean, there's a lot I can say. There's a lot that I'll say this too in terms of the combat because I've seen people criticizing the turn-based combat. Um. First of all, I don't think it would work in any other format. Um, also, it's right. emulating D&D, so it makes sense why it's doing that. Um, right. This, it doesn't have to be. You can play it very straightforward. And, you know, it it still works. It's so fun. I was a ranger, so most of my stuff uh, was basically shoot arrow and maybe a couple of spells to, like, for crowd control and stuff. Um you know, there are some classes that are just way more straightforward. Uh, you can respec in anything. And I mean, you do have uh, a lot of companions that you can still respec, but their base classes can give you some pretty fun stuff like Gale's a wizard. So, I mean, he just has access to a lot of different spells. Um, the amount of creativity you can do in the game for the combat is genuinely up to your own imagination. And I feel like the only reason that I didn't do it the first time through is because I didn't really understand how creative I could be. Um, and I was also just playing a lot more of a straightforward class and I was okay with that. I still had a lot of fun, but there is a lot of crazy shit you can do. Let's, let's just say this. There was a particular boss that I was having a bit of trouble with, but our arena was like near a cliff. So what I what I did Uh-oh. and I didn't Why expect stare? I didn't expect this to work. My mate, my guy, I had an amulet that let me cast one instance of uh uh what was it uh telekinesis through or it was either that or move person uh for like one charge I can do it once per long rest so it's like a limited thing that you have to do a uh, full rest for to get back. 
Mm. I was having trouble and I was just like, I wonder. So I did the cast and I saw it and I, and I locked onto the boss. Now, not all bosses are humanoid. This one happened to be. But I locked onto him and I was just like, or I scrolled or went over to him and I was like, man, I have like a 70% chance to hit him with this. I'm looking at it. I'm just like, that trajectory looks like I can throw him off the fucking cliff. And so I sent it and I and I and I rolled high enough to to for it to work. And I grabbed him and I threw him off the fucking cliff. <laughs> and he died. And it was over. And I won. And I was just like, what the fuck? fuck <laughs> did i do that and i've seen other people where what they'll do like for instance with necromancers people will fuck it. i i've seen it because i've been you looking up what? some uh, i've been looking up some builds they will carry corpses with them so when a fight breaks out they will throw a corpse on the ground and then raise the dead <laughs> like it's great it's That's fucking... exactly the kind of thing that would get people to look at you funny across the table like it's... you're carrying and I pick him up, and the dungeon master just goes, "Yes." But then you do it, and then yeah, they look at you weird. But when the fight happens, and you throw out three bodies and raise three ghouls, it's just like okay, well. But it's 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 crazy. I I wish I could talk more about throwables and how to be more creative like that. But unfortunately, I just wasn't that creative with it. But I'm hoping on my next playthrough, which I'm doing right now, is the Dark Urge, which is that's a whole nother thing where they have like a whole custom character. You can be just mm -hmm. yourself and not have a lot of connection to the world, or you can do this dark urge, which is basically a custom created character, but with like an actual background, which I find really interesting. Actually, it's, it's kind of crazy how much more depth they have, which I mean, it makes sense, but uh, you kind of have your own personal story Kind of like all of your companions have their own personal stories with the Tav, who's just your regular character. You don't have that, really. You're just kind of a blank slate. But with the Dark Urge, you can still customize them, but you basically have your own story to figure out. Um, but I I'm really hoping I'm going to be trying to use a lot more consumables because I was very conservative. And I shouldn't have been <laughs> um, because there's but a I lot need of it later. There's a, yeah, but exactly, Scott. So I really was holding on to them. And by the time the game ended, I was just like, well, fuck, I guess I didn't need to hold on to those. So probably going to be using them a lot more liberally on my second playthrough, just because I, you know, know a mm. lot more in terms of combat encounters. And I'm also just going to try and carry more stuff with me because you can pick up like fire barrels and stuff. So and especially because this. especially because I'm a paladin now, like I can carry stuff and it's not even just for combat, by the way, Matthew Mercer. I saw his stream clip where <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. There's there's this big castle, right? And you can't really get into it like everything's locked up. You can't really get into it. And, you know, there's a normal way to get through it. You can like talk to people or whatever, you know, and go through the quest or whatever. But fucking Matthew Mercer did. He, like, gathered every fucking box he could find, stacked them as high as he could go, cast fly on himself, and then flew over to the second floor of the castle. And it, it by the way, didn't break anything. The game just was just like, all right, cool. You got here now. Let's go. <laughs> Not only that, but I believe the, the game director was with him on that stream. And yeah, he was like, yeah. that's funny. That's yeah. really funny. Yeah. Like, he wasn't mad at all. He's like, hell yeah, do that, Matt. Yeah. Find those boxes. That's yeah. No, I, I yeah, he was with him. And that's and that's that's the best part 
because sometimes when you see stuff like that, you know, you have the game devs, which, you know, fair enough. If you're not supposed to do it, you're not supposed to do it. I get it. It's kind of it's kind of like, eh, you know, it was fun. But these guys, again, because it's D&D, I feel like they just have this feeling of, you know what, if a player can do it, a player can do it. And we want them to find those things. We want them to just have the most creative experience that they want to have. You want to go through it like the normal way? We'll let you do that. We'll give you those options. You want to be crazy and try and break the game and do a bunch of stuff? Guess what, fucker? You're not breaking anything. We hope you find those. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> do you follow? I don't. No Joker rules here. But no, yeah, no, that's that's so cool. I, I, it's just like, again, and, and Matthew Mercer is like a D&D nerd. So of course he would think of stuff like that. Where, whereas mm. I'm, I'm very fresh to it. I, I want to think of, not that I didn't have anything creative, mind you. For instance, <laughs> there was, there was this one time where there's like, there was a big castle. I had my guy separated out from the rest of the group, which by the way, you can separate your party into like all different realms. They don't have to be next to each other, even remotely. But I separated him out because he had a lot more of the stealth stuff, got through this first area and I had like three more areas to go. And I was just like, fuck, like that's going to be so hard with just one person. And I looked and I got to a balcony and I saw there was a ledge like four stories down. And I was just like, wait a minute. I looked at in my inventory. I had a scroll of feather fall, which basically gives you no fall damage for a certain amount of time. So I cast that on myself and I jumped four floors down and I landed perfectly fine, went through the basement and locked the front door and got all the rest of my party in. It's just like, it's, it's so cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. The, the, the solutions you can come up with are genuinely, you're, you're really it it would real it would be vi extremely hard to find a game limit rather than just your own creative limit. It's mm. it's a miracle it exists the way it does, and it's so cool. That's why I haven't played it a ton because it is a fucking time commitment. But I am excited right. for my second playthrough. One because of my the dark urge quest, which seems pretty interesting, but also. I'm going to try and go out of my way and be more creative in terms of my solutions because I was pretty mm -hmm. straightforward the first time and that's fine. But I mean, there's a lot of cool shit you can do. Right. Which is it's why impressive. we need to it's very impressive work, which is why we need to play more Scott, because I have my bard on your account. I want to play more of my dragonborn bard. You shit. No, I'm sorry. There's no one here by that name. Please leave a message. <laughs> The thunt must <laughs> the mighty thunt, the mighty thunt, and you his dragonborn none. bard friend. Oh my god, there was something I ah, damn it, I'll have to see if I can find it because I wanted to send it to you and be like, This is basically what I'm going to be doing. I'm, I'm basically so my whole goal as a bard, I don't, I, I can't necessarily do it in uh Baldur's Gate just because they don't have like a specific like country uh guitar, it's you know, more like violin or like a, a lute. That's what I'm thinking of. But uh, I'm basically going to be the you're going to be like the cowboy, you know, going out into the desert to do the draw. And I'm going to be the old man from the saloon following you playing your own theme tune. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that seems like a pretty appropriate dynamic. Yeah, that's that. the, that's 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 basically what I'm gonna be. I, this is, I saw that video. And I was just like, that is like my goal as a bard, just to be there playing the background music to some epic thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Occasionally helping. Vicious mockery is like the funniest thing ever that you can kill people by making fun of them. <laughs> it's so goddamn funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, I kill him with fists. You kill him with words. By the way, your character actually talks shit too. Is the thing that's the best thing about vicious mockery. It's not like you cast it and it's like, you know, it's like whispers it in their head or some cop out. No, they they say it. <laughs> like you're I a didn't even fuck know that. stick and no one likes you. <laughs> They're just like ah. <laughs> Why would you say that? Why would you say that? As I say, yeah, it's uh, been a while, yeah. but I definitely uh, next time we play, I'll cast vicious mockery on someone. <laughs> You'll hear my character talk shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, well, I don't remember if I heard that. I don't know if that's just because I wasn't paying attention, or if because that's on just on your side, or I mean, yeah, both are. I, I you should be able to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll 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 get to it eventually. Honestly, it's one of those things where it's like I because it's so enormous and there's so much to it. There's that part of me that's like, I need to. This is a project. I need yeah. to like <laughs> set aside stuff, and I'm doing other stuff. Uh, we'll we'll get to. I it need eventually. to get my affairs in order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got I gotta schedule some things. It's it's part of the reason why it's taken me like what four or five years at this point to be like Persona Five eventually. Yeah. Oh my Eventually. god. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got uh, I've got a lot hanging over my head right now. <laughs> right. Well, is that uh I yeah, it's gonna I have, have to, to be because game? otherwise I'm gonna be talking uh all night. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's very fair. All right, well I guess that's up to it's up to me now. So like, as, as I said before, I think my pick, I don't know how universally agreed upon this is, but it's a sentiment. I don't know. That's the problem with online discourse now. I don't know if it's just the algorithms repeating stuff that I like or if it's actually people talking about it uh, to a noticeable degree. I feel like, though, and you can tell me if, if this is right or wrong on your personal like internet vibe, uh, probably the runner up that a lot of people were thinking about for Game of the Year would have been Alan Wake 2. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's the sentiment I heard. I didn't actually play it, so I can't speak to it. But uh, right. I feel like, yeah, that was, yeah, right. In contrast to Baldur's Gate, which is very much a sort of like playground player do whatever sort of uh, scenario, uh, my pick is more of a. It's not entirely like it's a super linear affair, but it's a little bit more of a consistent artistic direction. Like this is what we want to experience and for the player to go through in Alan Wake Two. And I'll be honest, uh, I would probably surprise the Scott of like even just like September of 2023, anytime earlier as well, to say that this is my game of the year pick, considering I didn't really like Alan Wake 1. I'll be honest. I played it uh, maybe like a year or so ago. I think I don't know if this is something that Remedy, the developer themselves, have said or if just it's just the creative director, Sam Lake. But they say the original Alan Wake, they kind of consider it as having the body of an action game and the mind of a psychological thriller couple problems uh <laughs> action's not that great honestly uh the conceit of having to use your flashlight to burn the shadows off of enemies and then gun them down i mean it's something but that's also it like i've just described the extent of alan wake combat to you it's there's just not much to it it's not that interesting uh, and the problem with the psychological aspect is that there is no mystery or suspense in this game at all not a drop because every you know 
sometimes in games things can just happen you know and it's exciting it's like subtle it's like oh that that's just happened because they've they've you know they've crafted the level in such a way or uh, had that attention to lighting where it just naturally draws your attention to something right we've all had that uh not alan wake one alan wake one something happens and the camera zooms in and moves right in and then alan the whole time time is like and then the camera zoomed in as it saw this this oh this really damn oh fucking hell i love this thing what is that That's so cool. I'm Alan Wake. Just the entire time, every single thing, something happens. Nothing can just happen. Nothing can just be. Nothing can just be mysterious. Everything is so in your face, which I guess was, you know, was the style at the time in 2010. That was the cinematic storytelling that a lot of people were going for. Uh, for me, it was just way too in my face. It was just there was no mystery to anything that's going on. Uh, and the ending sucked. And then they had, I played the DLC to find the second <laughs> ending and that ending sucked worse. <laughs> Because it basically changed nothing, so it's like, well, thank you, thank you. But uh, I, I can't, re I can never remember. Did you play the first Alan Wake? You're just familiar with it. I've, I, I, I didn't actually play it. I did watch someone get like all the trophies in it, which is hmm. basically like they did their whole summary of, of the game while they did that as well. So right, yeah, I basically know what happened. All right, I'm, I'm just trying to gauge. I mean, it's not like it was a terrible game. I mean, it was not the most interesting in terms mm. of gameplay and stuff, but it was fine. You had that cute... The fact that your flashlight was also your aiming reticle was kind of cute, you know? There's no, like, non-diegetic reticle. It's just you aim the flashlight. That was kind of cute, and the art direction was pretty great. Uh, but overall, I really wasn't taken with it. But yeah. here I am talking about Alan Wake 2 as my game of the year, a game that it legitimately in its first hour has more intrigue, suspense, and interesting things going on than the entirety of Alan Wake 1 and its DLC. And I'm not even joking. I, I was locked in from moment one. I can't remember the last time a game had me so interested. Like, so much of the time, like, playing it, it wasn't like immediately like, oh, I love it, love it, love it, or I hate it, hate it, hate it. it I was just so interested to see what Alan Wake 2 was going to do, where it's going to go. It's actually so surprising and so interesting. And what I appreciate the most about it is that it's a psychological horror game that is actually psychological horror. Like, it's psychological. I feel like psychological horror a lot of times in these uh, this day and age is mostly just a kind of like a cop-out way to say like we don't have anything happening in the game it's just there's no combat you just run from enemies and you just walk and get scared a lot i'm thinking something like bloober team layers of fear you know all of these indie games that have happened since amnesia took over where you it's psychological because it's all in your head because we can't program anything yeah <laughs> and so i mean it's not to say that there haven't been you know Yeah, there's elements of psychological horror and stuff like that, but it's felt kind of more like a cop-out is what I'm saying. Yeah. Alan Wake 2 is psychological. Like, it's not just psychological horror. It's not just psychologically mind-bending. It is the mind Kama Sutra. Like, <laughs> reality and time mean nothing. Certain actors play multiple characters. It might be the same character, though, just appearing in different ways. Plot events are in flux. The map you use sometimes betrays you. Like, there's a door you can go into, I know, in one of uh, Alan's sections, and you show up somewhere else on the map. <laughs> like, and that's not, it's not even, like, spatially, like, oh, yeah, I'm over here now. No, you just, you, the map just betrays you. There are enemies walking around. Sometimes they'll attack you. Sometimes they won't. And this is just... It's all in your head. It's all psychological. And, of course, the nature of the story, as was the case with the first one, was that... Uh, you know, writing and the fiction becoming reality. And the way that, you know, it, it, 
the way that it manifests in the game are you're not sure you know are certain things real to certain characters are certain characters real you know it, it makes you doubt the idea that the existence you're currently experiencing is more than your state of mind that there's anything that exists beyond that and that's half the game that's not even the whole of the game that's just alan's story uh there's the other other the other half of the story with the other protagonist saga anderson uh which is a much more coherent story like sometimes <laughs> alan's can feel like it's a little bit little bit more like about the pomp than the practical purpose it can sometimes feel like we're not really progressing uh, but in contrast we have uh, saga's story which is more of a slow burning crime thriller which uh, slowly begins to descend in and out of supernatural madness and actually has some progression and plot going on uh, and it's kind of interesting to see because you know with alan's whole storytelling verve it's very capricious it's very hard to like it's not always the most scrutable, but what you have with Saga Anderson, you have this mechanic called the case board where you literally take all of the pieces because she's an FBI detective. You literally take all of the clues of what's going on, all of the events, and you put them on a board with lines connecting them. And so you can see the pieces like come together. And it's that dichotomy that I find really interesting. It's it's you, it's never the most scrutable game, but it, it's also not possible really, I feel like, to get too lost because of that. It's an interesting balance. And while there is that stuff with the psychological aspects that can, you know, very easily make it seem like nothing matters. I'm thinking of a game like Evil Within, where just like, it, oh, it's all in their head, nothing matters. People just show up in random places. In, in contrast to that, Alan Wake 2, it feels like it uses that malleability of space and time to actually create a sense of the dark place as an entity, as a space that you are existing in, that you feel so unimportant in the face of this, like... Eldritch, eldritch being that exists beyond you it beyond to it exists to its own nefarious machinations it's not even that nefarious it's just this like lumbering presence around you it's so there's a, so much atmosphere and storytelling to alan wake 2 that it, it reminds me honestly of games like silent hill which is not a comparison i make lightly because i had a pretty big dinner tonight i'm feeling pretty heavy but it really does have that atmospheric storytelling of stuff happening around the player and the, the player's role pushing the storytelling further instead of just being like the player goes here, gets scared and moves on. Player goes here, gets scared, moves on. Oh. It's so much more like chill than Alan Wake 2 in a weird way because, you know, Alan Wake, it's like very, it was a linear game. It was all these cutscenes pulling the camera. Alan Wake 2 is nonlinear. You can pursue up to a point like, uh, up to a point you can pursue either alan's half of the story or saga's half of the story you can flip flop back and forth there's a lot of optional stuff you can go do there's no like pressure but at the same time it never feels like you are like sometimes the games can make you feel like yeah you can explore i mean the world's about to end but i mean go explore if you want to i guess idiot like <laughs> there's none of that urgency but it still feels like this oppressive sense of atmosphere i'm trying to talk around to a lot of stuff because i don't want to spoil too much because i i do think that you should check it out yeah, uh, if you can, uh, I, I don't know. I just feel like I have so much to say about Alan Wake Two in the first place, but I also have nothing to say because nothing can really compare to just the the experience of it. It's just such an interesting game. It's also just I think it's just such a it's, a it's a vision is what it is. I feel like this is the closest any game has come to existing as not like just code and sequences and models and three D, but actually like thoughts and like wayward dreams. Like, I feel like this, it's such a well-realized vision of what Sam Lake and company, you know, over at, uh, over at Remedy wanted to create. Like, it, it feels so, like, organically made. And there are certain tricks 
facts and aspects of it that I'd like, how did you even plan this? How does this not just happen like spontaneously, just like a thought coming in out of the blue? Just some of this stuff is really impressive that they managed to pull off. And I get the sense that this is something that they've been trying to pull off for years, but is now they finally have the technology to do it. Uh, there's, there's a whole other set of eccentricities too with Remedy that it just feels like it pays off in Alan Wake 2. Like the live action scenes, like that's always been kind of cute in Remedy games. Like, oh, there's some live action stuff over there. It's always been like, why are you doing that? I don't know if I'm alone in thinking that. It just has always felt weird. But in a game like Alan Wake 2, that's all about, you know, psychological horror, that uncanniness of seeing, like, the real people, the real, like, face models and whatnot existing in these spaces, having their lines 80 yard in, it's this sort of, like, Lynchian uncanniness that just really, it's just so interesting. Alan Wake 2 is just such an interesting game to me, uh, which I can't really say about many other games. I just... I'm just so interested to learn more about it to see what it's gonna what is it gonna do next because it's a very surprising game as well. There are some things that I won't spoil that I think you know about, and it's like how did you? What, it feels totally natural though, even though it's totally out of left field. Uh, it's just an it's it's a it's an impeccable vision and an absolute step up from the first. It's not perfect, I will say. Like I've been kind of going a mile a minute here talking about stuff I really love about it. You might have caught on the fact that all of that stuff is kind of around the actual act of playing Alan Wake 2. That's not to say that the gameplay of Alan Wake 2 is bad. It's just that it simply exists and nothing else. Mm. Like, it, it's just very basic. I mean, there's not even... It's just walking from place to place, shooting some enemies. It can sometimes even feel token in certain sequences. Like, before, it was kind of cute. You had your flashlight to be your aiming reticle. That was kind of cute, kind of organic. This game doesn't really have that. You just kind of aim and shoot. And very, you know, very much like if you've played any, you know, if Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 4 remake, it's basically same over-the-shoulder stuff. Dodge if enemies get close. You still have to burn away the shadows, but the way they change it is weird. Where it's not like, like, before, you could hold the flashlight on someone. Or you could basically aim down sights to increase the power of the flashlight at the risk of burning out your battery, but that would burn off the shadows faster. The way they do it now is like you press the button to like activate like two seconds of of like boosted power, and then it stops. And it's entirely possible to accidentally like slip off the enemy, and then all of a sudden uh, you've wasted that bar because you didn't burn off the shadows, and now you have to use another one. Now if you're out of batteries, you're screwed. I think because I ran out of battery, but then Saga magically refilled the flashlight power. So I don't, I don't know if I just that was my freebie, or if it really is something you have to manage. But it's just it's just kind of awkward and not very impressive. And then there's a lot of exploration stuff you can do to find like hidden caches and collectibles and it's just straight up just you just walk around you just walk around pick up a thing and then you go like it's not very impressive on a gameplay perspective just moment to moment uh, but in my opinion the stuff around it really sells it i mean if you look at something like silent hills i'm like the moment to moment's not very good in that either it's, it's even clunkier uh, but the sense of atmosphere and the sense of playing telling the story instead of being incidental to it Alan Wake 2 absolutely succeeds in that regard. And it's even better than the original in terms of art direction. Like, holy shit. There's no fancier way to say it. Holy shit. Some of the things in this game look incredible. Some of the settings, some of the tricks that they do visually are amazing. Like, again, I feel like I have so much to say, but I have also nothing to say. Because nothing can compare to just the experience of being in Alan Wake 2 and experiencing it. It's not the scariest horror game, but my goodness, it is such an impressive vision on Remedy's part, and it is, it's great. It is, I, I believe it is absolutely the runner-up to Game of the Year in a world 
world where well in a room in a world where Baldur's Gate doesn't exist, maybe it would be game of the year. But yeah, it is it is a very impressive game on its own right, and I I love it. It's my personal game of the year. Nice. Yeah, no, I keep forgetting that I technically have that now. So. <laughs> Hey, you should absolutely uh, you should, should check it out. I feel like I'd really enjoy it. Yeah, especially with the psychological aspects. Uh, oh yeah. But I, I mean, I think that, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think that kind of, that kind of wraps it up for us. I don't have yeah. too much else to, too much else to say because I didn't actually watch the game award, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got the the main experience of it. Exactly. Um. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Like I usually, I can think of like a transition, but in all that time, I could not think of a single fucking thing. Um. Anyways, uh, sometimes I guess the story just ends. It's true. Well, whatever your game of the year was, hopefully it was, hopefully it was good. Hope you enjoyed whatever your game of the year was. I suppose. Um, I'm glad you found something you enjoyed. Yeah. Uh. Thanks everybody for listening to this abruptly ended episode of the Beta Comply. Uh, Thanks for a great year. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, happy holidays. You know, hang out with the people you care about. Uh, yeah, hope you had a good year. Uh, I know the past couple of years have been pretty rough for most people, but uh, here's hoping that 2024 will be any sort of different. Uh, <laughs> You're here. All right, well... We'll Thanks see you this. in the yeah. We'll, we'll see, see you in January when we do our customary uh, games of the year we're anticipating list. Yeah, that'll yeah. You can look forward to that. This is the one time of the year where we'll be consistent. <laughs> <laughs> right, we have our topics; they are fixed. But but until then, uh, happy holidays, whatever you celebrate, and have a happy uh, New Year, everybody. See ya. Stay safe out there. Bye.